the winter transfer window opens and Noel has left us. I am bummed. So please come hang out with me in this time of need. You wanted an Arsenal Women podcast. Well, guess what, my friends? You got an Arsenal Women podcast. Let's go. Welcome, 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 my friends, to yet another episode of That Arsenal Women Podcast with me, your host, Demian. And man, do I need to get a lot off my chest. First of all, I hope you're all doing well. Happy New Year. As you can tell, I took some time off and I have not posted since, I want to say, before Christmas, perhaps. Uh, And I have been trying to... Also, stay away a little bit from social media, believe it or not. So I've barely been posting only to promote on Twitter my blog. So in case you don't know this, I have a blog that is called That Arsenal Women Blog, in which I write every single day. So head on over there, thatarsenalwomenblog.com, if you want daily Arsenal Women content. Now, if this is your first time here and you have no idea who I am and what the hell I'm doing with a podcast. Well, like I said, my name is Demian and I'm a professional musician. I live in LA. I have a deep, deep, deep passion for Arsenal women in all things women's football. So a lot of the things that you will hear, not only today, but in any and every podcast and or blog has to do with my opinion, my subjective view. It's a passionate uh, sort of testament to what I'm feeling at the moment and what my opinions are regarding some of the uh, situations, some of the goals, some of the plays, some of the rumors, some of the things happening in world football. And it can get very confusing and very passionate, like I said, because I tend to wear my emotions in my sleeve, on my sleeve, excuse me. And when a player that I rate very, very highly leaves the club, I have a, uh, I have a problem with that. I, it, it bothers me. And it makes me sad to a large degree. And Noel is a perfect example of that. And I'm worried for several reasons. So the first thing that I will say, without a shadow of a doubt, is how thankful I am to Noel. If she, for whatever reason, happens to listen to this episode, I want to thank you directly, Noel, for everything you did for our club, for being incredibly tenacious, dynamic, reliable, consistent, You had incredibly important matches for us, and you always were there when we needed you. You delivered. You were probably second to Katie McCabe in terms of bite and aggression. You're right there, and we are going to miss you. So thank you. And watching you play in person at the Emirates was and will always be one of the fondest memories I have, uh, not only of you, but me as a fan. Uh, Haven't been to the... the, um, to the Emirates and to watch you play against Villa of all teams, which is the team that uh, you, she will join. So thank you. I'm clapping. I appreciate everything you did. There are several reasons why I'm concerned about this transfer. I don't have any idea why she has been being benched. And I understand, you know, I'm Katie McCabe's biggest fan, right? So I understand it's, Katie plus 10 for me. However, if Katie is going to maybe get rotated or whatnot, we need a reliable, solid, professional, incredible right back, 
right? This is the level of, of stuff that we need, a level of players, a level of, of performances. We need a very, very high standard. And when I think of high standards and I think of anything having to do with peak performance, I think also of consistency. And very few players sort of uh, arise a feeling of reliability and consistency more than Noel. And I'm going to miss her very much, uh, like I said. But also, we don't have Laura, right? She's injured for God knows how long. So I don't quite understand what Jonas is trying to do. And I'm not saying that he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm saying that I personally do not understand the, the, the situation, right? I am of the belief that when Leah Williamson comes back, the partnership has to be Leah Williamson and Amanda Illestead and or Laia Codina, right? I've spoken in the past how I feel that Lotta Wubin-Moy and with respect to her and anybody, uh, even she can be playing the, the most amazing, having the most amazing season. I think that she would be better suited as a right back based on absolutely nothing, right? This is just me telling you how I feel and what I think, right? So she's, and I'll tell you why. She's so tenacious and so versatile and so she gives 1,000% all the time that I think she's better suited for the wing, right? If Noel is gone, unless Jonas has a sort of idea or a plan, like I've been begging him, not directly, obviously, to try to have Lotta Wubinmoy on the, on the right, I think that would be a great solution, Right? Obviously, Lotta's a massive part of the team. She's beloved by the fans, and she's playing better and better and better and better. So if we're going to have Leah and Lotta on the team, right, and Amanda, instead of sacrificing a center back, I think we could sacrifice, quote-unquote, the right back. And not. And I'm not saying play three at the back. I'm saying have the player, in this case Lotta, play on the right. I think that's something that really excites me, and I'm really curious to see how she would do in that position. I think she would be stellar. And so, again, if Noel is gone, who do we have? Well, Laura is injured. I don't know what Taya Goldie is up to these days in terms of her uh, f coming back to fitness. So I'm, I'm very, very curious to see how that goes. Or maybe uh, Amanda plays right back. I have no idea what is going to happen. But I'm just kind of baffled that this thing happened, to be completely honest with you. So much love to her. And I'm very curious to know what is going to happen. But I'll tell you what, I am optimistic. I We all know that apparently Emily Fox signed for us. I have no idea who that player is. Like literally, I have never even heard her name. And I don't mean that out of disrespect. It's just like I don't remember seeing or hearing anything about her. And that is a phenomenal thing because I know nothing. So everybody all the scouts and everybody that believes in her and knows her raves about her. I've asked a couple of friends of mine that are U.S. women's national team fans, and they really, really rate her. So I'm very happy to see what she can do. But if she's going to come to rival Katie McCabe for that right back position, she has to be, in theory, better than Noel to give Katie a run for her money. So if it's she's not better than Noel, why did we sell Noel, right? Unless she was unhappy, who knows what personal things might have sort of been going behind the scenes that maybe prompted her leaving. 
Who knows? I have no idea. Noel is one of those players that isn't, uh, doesn't really like the limelight. She's not uh, on the spotlight all the time, you know, drawing attention to herself or there are no documentaries about her. She, you don't see her out partying or going to concerts or her, her social media presence is not that loud. And, you know, she might need something else. She might be, she might want something different and different challenge. Um, so I have no idea what's happening. So obviously I wish her the absolute best. Now, another thing that I wanted to talk about is, or another person that I want to talk about is Sam Kerr. Obviously in terms of wishing her the best, this applies to Sam 1000%. And I understand how this being an Arsenal women podcast, we're talking about a team you know, the, the most important team on a rival team that has caused, and I've witnessed, I've witnessed it, a pain and suffering <laughs> uh, with her incredible goals and all the things that she has done for Chelsea, not only against Arsenal directly, but those moments when we're hopeful that Chelsea are going to tie or going to lose, and it's the 90th minute, and you know that Sam Kerr is going to tie it, and why not? She might even get another goal and win the whole damn thing, and she's done it, I think, time and time again. So, I wish her a speedy recovery. It's a shame that her that she has played basically her last match for for Emma Hayes, and who knows how long uh, you know Frank Kirby is going to stay at Chelsea or other players that you know she formed this incredible partnership with um, Gudarayton and other players. So who knows what what that situation is going to be and where they're going to go in the summer. So that this is something that she doesn't deserve. It's one of those cruel things about life and about the sport that, you know, if there's one player, you know, that should have been rewarded with with a, a, a dream send off to or for Emma Hayes and, you know, going to the Olympics and all these other things definitely would have been her, you know, but we know all too well what it's like to suffer the pain of, you know, our favorite players suffering from ACL injuries. It's absolutely bananas that we've had to deal with. So, you know, I've seen a few things on Twitter here and there about, you know, Chelsea's fan base absolutely losing it and freaking out. And I totally understand. And us sitting in the back with four players, if, if not five, with, with uh, ACL injuries, we're looking at like, oh, okay, cool. Like now, it's not like, now you know how we feel in the bad way. I mean, it with all the empathy in the world, right? So I think... If, if you have found yourself being a little aggressive online or in discussions or arguments with Chelsea fans online, first of all, don't do it. No discussions are worth it online. But, you know, open your mind and be empathetic and know instead of like, well, there you go. Now it's about time you get an ACL injury. No, that's not the right way to go about it. And I'm not judging you if that's how you feel. But what I'm saying, it's not as constructive as empathy and showing love and showing support, not only for the player directly via Internet, Twitter, Instagram or whatever, but obviously in person as well, as it relates to Arsenal Chelsea matches and what what is said, what is chanted, uh, how you interact with people, with fans, with players that you see on the street, and so on. So it's just a really, really tricky, tricky thing. And, and regarding the ACL injuries, and this is the last thing I'll say today. I finally watched the step by step documentary. And I was very hesitant about it for several reasons, right? I not only was I taking a, a bit of a social media break in general, just I'm, I'm just trying to be less on social media. But what I obviously knew and felt was that when this 
came out, it was going to be all over, right? It's going to be retweeted and retweeted and reposted and clipped and talked about and speculated over and all these things. And that's not really what I'm interested in. Uh, to a large degree, I try to be as peripherally involved with Arsenal women as possible. I don't want to, I don't follow all the players on social media. I don't read every single piece of news. Sometimes I see the Arsenal uh, Instagram account post or Twitter account post, and I don't even read it on purpose. I don't look at, you know, the training pictures or somebody says, you know, admin says, who would you like to see in training? I never reply. Like, I want to see X, Y, or Z. Like, I, I just don't do that. I don't have a problem with anybody doing that. I just doing it. I just don't do it. And I felt that the, the documentary, not only was it going to be hard in terms of like everybody talking about it, um, but also how I would feel with seeing some uh, people that I care about uh, and one of them that I know that it's like, oh, you know, a friend of mine or somebody that I care for uh, is going through really, really tough times that are very, very public. And, you know, I I had a few thoughts as in regard to that. But if I had to say what my biggest takeaway was is the fact that both Viv and Beth, but I think especially Viv at the, towards the end of the, um, towards the end of the documentary, it was framed in, 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 it was sort of directed and edited in a way that which it highlighted her willing or their willingness, right? Not only Beth, but Viv in the club as a whole, their willingness to help future generations, especially academy players. Like in, in uh, there were phrases said out there, I'm sure you've watched it, but th they've mentioned like the last thing they want is players being afraid of getting an injury through their whole careers, right? So imagine living in that, like it's only a matter of, of, of time when you do your ACL, right? It's pretty crazy. That doesn't happen in music, for example. Like I, I don't go out there afraid that at some point, rather, sooner rather than later, you know, or at some point in my life, only a matter of when, uh, I'm going to have, I don't know, a back injury as a drummer, or I'm going to break my wrist as a drummer or whatever it is. It's just nuts that this is something that could be in the back of their minds from a very young age, you know, since they start playing up until they're professionals. Like they might be a thing that they think about every single day, every single play, every single run, every single sprint, every single twist and turn and kick of the ball. Like it's a tackle, like landing from a header, like it's just nuts. So it was a very, very intense thing for me emotionally to watch not because of what was said or what they went through which obviously my heart goes out to them especially beth dealing with the death of her mom but th th it's more than that to me also like it shed a light of how or oh, into how serious this is from a different perspective i thought and i needed to watch it to very be open and and, and try to understand several reasons as to why this could have happened or the ACL injuries could have happened. I love that they had so many, so many specialists out there, you know, that we're, we're talking about it. And I also know, or I can imagine, I don't think you have to be, you know, an insider to know this or a friend of theirs to know that there has to be a lot of darkness that was not spoken about a really, really, really prevalent and present uh, feeling of, fear and doubt and you know you know self doubt like i like i said not only doubt on the sport or if can i come in but can i come back but it's like am i 
able to come back. So it's more like, can people overcome ACL injuries? It's more of like, can I overcome that? So it's absolutely wild to me that this is a, uh, a thing that happened so often at our club specifically. But, you know, this has all been spoken at length about, and I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, say something that you don't know. But it was just very, very intense. And I'm glad I watched it, to be honest with you. I didn't want to watch it, but I'm really, really glad I did. And it ha just has opened my mind and heart a lot. Now, before I go, as far as transfer rumors or any of that stuff, I don't really know what is happening out there. You know, the, the potential of Mary Earps now going to PSG is insane, and I don't like that <laughs> at all. Uh, apparently, from the, the investigators on, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Emily Fox is a done deal. They've seen her in training. I have no idea. But I would really, really like to see some action, and I can't wait. I really cannot wait. And at this point, it's like I can't wait for it to be over so I know what happened. Did we do something? We didn't do it. Are we ready? Do we have the players? Whatever. But whatever it is, it is going to be, and I'm just kind of over the whole thing already, <laughs> even though I wanted it to be open so bad. Anyway, my friends, thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for your time. If you listen to this on a platform that allows you to like, to subscribe, to share, and to rate, please do so. I would really appreciate it. And a friendly reminder, that arsenalwomenblog.com. Every single day I post something. That arsenalwomenblog.com. Thank you all so, so, so very much, and we'll speak again real soon.